bring greetings to you this morning in the name of the one who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us to be kings and priests unto God the Father by him. To him be glory and dominion forever. Amen. We're here to worship him this morning. There has been a growing bond, I think, between our congregation at Seymour and the church here. Um, even though we don't know each other all that well, it seems as though uh, there are connections that continue and to grow and keep growing. Um, and uh, with my wife and uh, sister Barbara being sisters, why it brings us here again today, and of course that connects us with um, with the Normans and Ivans, and and there were a, a lot of other connections, and now of course uh, Jessica being here as well, and so that bond just keeps growing, and and I'm glad for that. Um, you know we. Uh, we had in our Sunday school lesson this morning about fellowship and um, uh, where there is respect, uh, there can be fellowship. When, when respect uh, is lost, then fellowship also suffers. And, and so uh, I try to encourage that, that we uh, encourage that respect one for another. And uh, so I want to express that for you as a congregation here that the respect for you as a congregation and for you in the spectrum of churches and I just uh, want to encourage you to faithfulness and uh, appreciate the opportunity to uh, fellowship together here and of course uh, as Gerald like he said we have known each other for years and and uh, through a lot of different phases in life and we have just really appreciated the contribution that Gerald and Lisa made and Galen as well in the work in Romania while they were helping us out there. This morning I'd like to address the subject of Christian victory. Now, we know that we have an enemy who um, his um, purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what Jesus said. And he causes a lot of um, uh, calamities, a lot of destruction in his path. And, um, but he's also lim uh, uh, an enemy with limitations and uh, boundaries that he cannot cross. And uh, some of those limitations uh, are limitations that we can set uh, by our decisions and, and by our position. Um, and so, you know, there's so many areas that he comes at us in that we need to resist him, to flee from him, to uh, overcome him, that uh, it keeps us, uh, like Paul says, we need to be circumspect uh, because we have an enemy who is... Uh, uh, he's a deceiver, and he also is uh, uh, one who comes at us sometimes as a roaring lion. And, uh, and so, um, you know, whether it's a relationship issue, whether it's uh, uh, 
attitudes of unforgiveness or ill will or whether it's jealousy and envy that causes us to wish evil on one another or to speak evil of each other or of someone, uh, whether it's lusting after the things of the world, its fashions, its pleasures, the things that don't satisfy and yet have such an appeal to the flesh of uh, the human side of us, whether it's uh, temptations to immorality, whether it's whatever it is, whatever kind of temptations, you know, uh, that he might uh, come to us with. He knows our weak points and he uh, capitalizes on those. He takes advantage of those areas in which we are weaker. And when Paul says that we should not give place to the devil, he is saying that don't allow him to have a staging area in your life because when uh, at whatever point or whatever place that we give him room in our life or give ground to him, he's going to set up his base there uh, to operate and to, uh, and to infiltrate and to become stronger and, uh, and to the point where he uh, will eventually overthrow us and overthrow our faith if we allow it. And so just by the fact that he says there in Ephesians 4 not to give place to the devil um, puts the decision back to us. We can decide whether to give place for the devil. He says, don't give place. And so uh, a lot of um, these things that we face are strengthened because of wrong decisions or they are, uh, our defenses are made stronger by right decisions. And so... As we think about Christian victory, I think uh, to fully appreciate victory, uh, I would like to first take a look at defeat and, um, and the things that uh, come as a result of that. You know, uh, uh, falling is an experience that is unfortunately very frequent uh, in our experience. And I'm not just talking about uh, spiritual falling. I'm, you know, even in the physical sense, um, we actually begin to deal with this at a very young age. You know, have you ever watched a baby learning to walk? And uh, how many times they fall down and then they get up again, and they just—it uh, doesn't seem to discourage them a lot if they fall, but they—they uh, they get up and they try again. <clears throat> And so it's something that, that we uh, began to deal with very early on in life. <clears throat> and as we watch a baby learning to walk, this can be a, a lesson in persistence for us spiritually as well. The, uh, uh, the proverb writer says that for a just man falleth seven times and rises again. And... Uh, uh, and unfortunately, not only it's not only babies that fall. Sometimes adults fall too, and uh, um, it can be very embarrassing. It can be humiliating to fall. It can be hurtful. Uh, recently, I was uh, sorting some cattle, and it had rained a little bit, and it was a little muddy. And in my um, in my effort to uh, do my work there, 
the first thing I knew, I was in just an instant flat on my face in the mud. And my hands were muddy. My shirt was muddy. My pants were muddy. I was just in the mud. And not only was I in the mud, but I was hurting. And, uh, um, and so, um, you know, one of the first things you do when you fall is you look around to see if anybody saw, you know, because it's kind of embarrassing, isn't it? It's kind of humiliating. And uh, after this was all done, there was nothing for me to do but go back to the house. And, and uh, of course, uh, my wife was there, and she saw the mess that I was in. And, and uh, to get cleaned up, well, it happens to us. It's kind of embarrassing and kind of humiliating. And so it is also when we fall spiritually. You know, we, we really don't want people to find out. No more than necessary, at least. And we kind of hide our falling, and, and it's humiliating. We're, we're ashamed when we fall, just like Adam and Eve were ashamed when they fell there in the, uh, the Garden of Eden, and they hid themselves from the Lord. Uh, but the truth is that as, uh, as humans, we sometimes do. And, uh, and as we had in our Sunday school lesson this morning, the thing to do is just to admit the obvious and to confess it and to agree with God that we have sinned. And then uh, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin if we repent of it and uh, turn away from our sin. Um, a Christian, someone has said, may fall many times, but he is not a failure until he begins to blame others. And that is the tendency that we have when we, when we fail or when we fall is, uh, well, you know, if they wouldn't have said this or if they would just do different or, or um, you know, somehow it's, uh, it's not my fault because uh, of the circumstances and then we can't get help. But uh, it's when we take personal responsibility. You know, sometimes we inadvertently set ourselves up for a fall, too. Um, maybe not intentionally, but um, the Bible says that uh, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And, uh, um, and so there's something about overconfidence that somehow sets us up for a fall. And we see that in, in our children sometimes, you know. And uh, it's better to be a little more careful, a little more cautious, go a little slower, and uh, be a little more circumspect. But when we think we have it all together and we um, feel pretty confident, that's exactly when we're set up to... Uh, for a fall. Um, sometimes a fall can even be kind of funny, hilarious. But generally when we have to laugh about a fall, it's not us who fell, but it's somebody else. And, uh, uh, and the reason we kind of chuckle sometimes after we make sure that they're not hurt is because we know exactly how it feels. We know how embarrassing it is and all of the, those things that go along with falling. And so we kind of chuckle a little bit because it's more a, 
of uh, sharing together of, yeah, I know how you feel, you know. And, um, uh, but uh, I think those things, that has its limits as well. The Bible says also in the book of Proverbs, rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth, lest the Lord see it and it displease him. And you know, sometimes uh, just in our own humanness, we can get to that place where maybe there's someone I have a little problem with or just don't feel quite right about it. And, and when they fall, well, yeah, they just set themselves up for it. And they kind of deserve it. And uh, we get a little pleasure out of seeing them uh, struggling uh, and falling. Well, uh, the Lord says that's not, uh, that's not right. And it could actually displease the Lord and maybe bring judgment on ourselves if we're not careful. And uh, sometimes falls can be very serious. Sometimes they can even be fatal. And I'll never forget the day when I was uh, 17 years old and our youth group went on a field trip and outing for the day. And there was a waterfalls and you probably know about this over here at Crabtree Falls is where it happened actually. And uh, uh, there was a group of girls walking in front of a group of boys. I was in with the boys and my sister was with the girls and, and they were getting plenty close to the edge of the falls and I, I called up to my sister and I said, you know, uh, I think you're getting plenty close. I think you better turn around and come back. And, um, and she and three of the girls turned to come back but one of the girls went one step too far. And I'll never forget the terror and the screaming as she went down over the falls to her death. One step too far. And, you know, uh, sometimes we get into situations that we think we're in control, we think we can handle it. But there is a line that can be crossed, I believe, that is one step too far and uh, it can lead to our destruction. So as we think about walking, we, we need to learn to walk carefully. We need to walk, learn to walk within the, uh, within the boundaries that God has set for our spiritual protection. <clears throat> um, there's one thing about falling and that is that it almost always catches us by surprise. We didn't plan to fall. It was, uh, it was something that just happened. And, uh, and uh, it catches us by surprise. And, and so, again, like it says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And I think... Humility is such an important attitude in our Christian walk. Um, you know, to recognize I could be wrong um, and to defer to others that maybe they could be right and, uh, and to, um, uh, when, when we walk in humility, we also walk in carefulness. And, uh, but to him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. It's those times when we think we're strong, maybe that we are actually at our weakest point. <clears throat> and so uh, let's remember 
that the Lord is on our side if we have our heart turned toward him. If you be for the Lord, he will be for you. That's what the Bible says. And so uh, uh, he is on our side if our heart is turned toward him. And, uh, and it is he that is able to keep us from falling. And Jude says this in, uh, in verse 24. He says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy he is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless well how can that be Uh, because we have already fallen and uh, and we may fall again but he is able to keep us from falling and so whose fault is it when we fall you know a lot of times People want to somehow point a finger at God and, and, and say, uh, you know, kind of in an accusing way, if my circumstances would be different, if I wouldn't be going through this hard time, if my financial situation was just a little better, or uh, if my wife was just a little different, or uh, whatever it might be, you know, uh, then, but uh, it says here, he is able to keep us from falling. And so the thing to do is, is stay close to him. <clears throat> um, and then secondly, not only is he able to keep us from falling, but the Bible also says that he will pick us up when we fall. And so uh, it's like John says there in the second chapter that he says, these things write unto you that you sin not. But if you do sin, then you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And so he is, uh, he, he is able to keep us from falling. But if we do fall, the Bible says, The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raises up all those that be bowed down. Now that's, uh, that's a wonderful thing about the God that we serve is that he loves us and he cares about us. He even cares about us when we fall. And uh, how many of you with a small child who's learning to walk and falls are going to chide them and rebuke them and punish them because they have fallen? Uh, You love your child. You're going to encourage them. You're going to pick them up and Give them the opportunity to try again. Well, that's exactly what the cross is all about. You know, uh, uh, like I said in the beginning, it's shame. There's a shame connected with falling. It's, uh, it's, it's not only embarrassing, but it is condemning. And, uh, uh, but we have the formula, and we had it in our Sunday school lesson this morning. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so uh, there is a way to be cleansed. There's a bit way to be restored. There's a way to be set back on our feet again, and we get to try again. And that's what the cross is all about. The cross is a place of new beginnings. When we fall, we come back to the cross. And we say, I have fallen. I need help. I need to be picked up. I need to be cleansed. 
And the Lord will do that for us, and he'll give us the chance to try again, just like a parent with a child. Um, and so uh, in Second uh, Peter chapter 1, he gives us there the formula for victory, and he concludes it by saying this. It says, Therefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. That's the that formula for victory. You read it there in, in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. And then he says, if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, so the provision is there for us. Uh, the promises are there for us. Uh, uh, everything is in place for us that we don't need to fall. Uh, and even he says that you know, with the temptation, he will give us the, uh, the strength to bear it. And uh, he will make a way of escape. And so uh, when we fall or when we fail, it comes back to us. We can't blame God or anyone else. Um, the Bible has very graphic language for those who deliberately, presumptuously, and permanently turn away from God. That's different than just falling. That's different than being taken unawares or by surprise. Uh, when people plan to sin, they enjoy to sin, they persist in sin, and they turn their back on God. It's like a dog returning to its vomit and a sow to her wallowing in the mire. And so, uh, victory depends on a close and continual walk with God. And uh, uh, in our Sunday school lesson this morning, the word fellowship came up, I don't know, at least four times, maybe more often than that even. And I noticed the close connection there between our fellowship one with another and our fellowship with God. They couldn't be separated. They are interconnected. When we have fellowship with God, we have fellowship with one with another. When we have fellowship one with another, our fellowship, the line of fellowship with God remains open. And uh, as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. That's continuing action. As we walk, uh, we have fellowship. And uh, we... we uh, uh, this cleansing process is a continuing process because uh, as we walk, we're going to face the, uh, the issues of life that could cause us to stumble or fall. And as we keep those things current, um, you know, if I have spoken in anger, if I have held a bad attitude, if I have succumbed to some other temptation, um, we take that and we uh, recognize it and we deal with it and we repent of it and we can continue then in that fellowship um, in open communication. I'm going to go to the Old Testament here um, in the book of 1 Samuel. We have here in chapter 4 the account of the battle at Aphek. And uh, here is where uh, they had taken the ark and they had uh, 
the thought that because if they bring the ark, there's somehow there's going to be uh, this icon, uh, some power or strength that's going to help them to, to victory. Um, and it's here where the sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were killed. The ark was captured. And uh, the news came back to Eli, and he fell over and, uh, and died. Uh, it, was a, it was a day of defeat for Israel. And, and the reason it was a day of defeat is what, um, what we read, let's see, uh, here in verse 6, chapter 4 of 1 Samuel, verse 6. Um, well, maybe I won't take time to read that. But earlier, earlier in, the, um, in the book... First uh, Samuel here it says talking about the uh, the sons of uh, Eli, Hophni, and Phineas. It says that they knew not God, and yet they were the priests, but they knew not God. And so when the battle came, uh, they were defeated. The icon, the ark itself, uh, was not enough, and. Uh, when the children, when the Philistines saw them coming with the ark, they began to be afraid because this was a symbol of the strength of Israel. When they came out of Egypt, they remembered how God dealt with the Egyptians and how that He dealt with the people in previous times. And they said, "Now, uh, you know, this is going to require extra effort on our part." Um, and in the end, of course, they took it and captured it, and the Israelites were defeated. And so um, uh, the reason I'm saying this is because if we're going to be victorious in our Christian life, it's because we're up to date. It's because we know God. It's because we walk with him. Uh, we commune with him. We read his word. We do what it says. Uh, it's not enough just to be a, a church or to live on the victories of the past, or in the name that we have made somewhere down the line. That's not enough, but we need to, uh, to be current. Spiritual victories come only from a live and active faith. Uh, for whosoever is born of, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Um, uh, I'm going to another battle that the uh, that was fought there uh, again between the Israelites and the Philistines, and this was just a, a few chapters later. This is now found in chapter 14 of First Samuel, and in this setting, the Philistines had so defeated the Israelites that. Uh, they had no weapons. They had taken all their weapons. The only ones who had a sword in the whole army of Israel, 600 men, was uh, Saul and Jonathan. The rest of them were weaponless. Uh, they were defeated. And it's just a picture, I think, of, of what can happen to us uh, when we lose our power with God. And, um, and so uh, here they were. Uh, the Philistines camped uh, on one side of a deep uh, valley and the uh, Israelites on the other side. 
and uh, and there they were uh, kind of contemplating another battle and and of course the uh, the outcome already seemed obvious and uh, their courage was uh, very low except here was one man Jonathan the son of Saul who um, was a man of faith and courage <clears throat> um Maybe I should read here in the 14th chapter, verse 6. He says, And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over into the garrison of the uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. And his armor bearer said unto him, Do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Then said Jonathan, Behold, we will pass over unto those men, and will discover ourselves unto them. And then uh, they were going to climb this cliff, this rock face. And if the Philistines uh, uh, said, you know, um, uh, wait for us, then they knew that they shouldn't go. But if they said, come to us. Then they knew that the Lord had delivered them into their hand. And so that's what happened. They, uh, they exposed themselves. The Philistines said, come to us. And Jonathan, his armor bearer, went. And, uh, and there was a tremendous victory there that day. And God helped them. The earth shook. And, and they began to kill each other. And it led to a, a tremendous victory um, for Israel. And uh, there's a number of things that happened there, I think, that are significant. Uh, one is that uh, when the army of Israel saw that the the battle was going in their favor, uh, many of uh, they went over and began to help. Those who had been hiding in the hills, all in the hill country around about, came in and began to help. Those who had been conscripted, Israelites that were conscripted into the Philistine army and were actually with the Philistines, turned and began to fight against the Philistines. And all because of one man who was willing to take a step and to, uh, to have the courage to stand uh, for the Lord and declare himself and... Uh, who was willing to to take up his sword and fight uh, this tremendous victory, and he encouraged all the others to come and join him. And that's the way it is uh, for us as well, in a congregational setting, in a personal setting, that when people see, we see each other uh, gaining victories and uh, being fruitful and... and, uh, Growing in our Christian life, it encourages others to do the same. But when we begin to fall and to falter and to lose courage, you know, somehow those things are contagious as well. I'm going to take a few lessons here from the heroes of faith in the book of Hebrews which is one of my favorite books, like Gerald has shared already. He says there, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 
Now the Bible is very clear that we are in a fight, we're in a battle, we're in a race, uh, we're in a warfare. All these terms are used in scripture to describe uh, the Christian walk, the Christian life. And so um, uh, thinking about that and thinking about those who've gone on before, um, our faith in Christ gives us present spiritual victory and assurance of final victory to claim the promise of eternal life. And uh, the Bible says this of the Old Testament saints in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, let's see, maybe I'll just turn to the book of Hebrews here quickly. Hebrews 11, the last uh, two verses of that chapter. He says, uh, And these all having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Now, um, we have names in the Old Testament such as Joshua and uh, Deborah, Nehemiah, um, Daniel, the three Hebrews, Elijah, Gideon, all these men of faith that, that uh, uh, won tremendous uh, victories and stood for God under tremendous odds. And we look up to them. They are heroes of faith, we call them. But, uh, but what about these? Are these heroes of faith as well? Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. What about the millions who died in the era of the early church under the tremendous persecutions that took place throughout church history and through uh, the times of uh, the Reformation, all of those, and even today yet? You know, I just read uh, recently that uh, someone has come up with a figure that there are at least uh, 90,000 Christians martyred because they are Christians, martyred for their faith, even in our day, every year, thousands yet are dying and giving their lives for their faith in Jesus Christ. What about them? Have they been defeated? Have they been overcome? Are they, are they, uh, are they vanquished? Certainly not. Uh, they have overcome him by the word of their testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. And then he says in Revelation 6, verse 9, When he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. They also were victorious. They were given white robes, every one of them. Um, and finally, with the help of God, we can experience victory over sin. Um, 
We all have areas in our life where a temptation is strong. And uh, these are areas of weakness that Satan wants to come in and he wants to exploit. Um, James says in chapter 1, verse 14, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. And that's the thing that we want to avoid at all cost. He has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Uh, but he is on a chain. And uh, uh, he, is, uh, he, is, uh, he has limitations. Uh, and uh, he is a vanquished foe. Uh, he, uh, uh, according to uh, the second chapter of Hebrews there, it says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself, Jesus, likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And that's what happens when we fall, when we yield to the tempter. Uh, we are, there's a chain that is forming around us, that is binding us. And, uh, and we need help to be delivered from that. We have fallen into a trap. We are caught. We are in a snare. And we need deliverance. We need outside help. And that's what Jesus came to do. He, uh, he took on himself the likeness of, uh, of men, of us, that he through death might destroy him that had the power of death and uh, to deliver them who, were all their, uh, who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. He is our deliverer. Um, <clears throat> And I'm going to uh, conclude with two verses here yet. In, uh, and this emphasizes our need for each other. You know, when we think we don't need each other, when we think I can handle it myself and I can do it my way and I don't need my brother, we're in a dangerous position. But here's what the, the psalmist says. He says, as for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud. And he shall hear my voice. He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. For there were many with me. For there were many with me. You know, we can help each other. We can be an encouragement one to another. We can edify each other, lift each other up, build each other up. Or we can make it harder for each other too. We can bring discouragement in each other's lives if we're not careful. And we can bring people to the place where they might think or say, what's the use? I just as well give up. And that's exactly where the enemy wants us. But, uh, but we need to do just the opposite. We need to encourage each other, lift each other up, do as the Lord does. If someone falls down, reach down and, and help them up again. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, 
unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So may God help us to, uh, to that walk of victory, the way of victory, and uh, that uh, together we can help each other. Uh, you know, going halfway and giving up is not the answer. Uh, we need to go all the way. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. May God bless you.